Hello, hello. This is Kathy Colas Audiobooks, and today we have Episode 3 of The Alpha by E.J. Fendorf. Angel goes to see Maggie after receiving the text. Wayne lets Maggie know, in a very ungentlemanly way, that he doesn't like the fact Maggie and Angel reconnected. Here we go. The Alpha Bar logo on Maggie's t-shirt stretched across her chest like a second skin. The yellow logo stacked design strategically placed the first and last capital A on each boob, reading as capital A-L-P-H capital A. If Maggie stared at the letters, it stopped looking like an actual word. With her symmetry, she made new friends every night. A few worthwhile, but most not. The Alpha's usual crowd consisted of 20-somethings that enjoyed dancing under colorful spinning lights. The more she considered her customers young people, the more she leaned toward her father being right about wasting her business degree. The yell of a stylishly dressed Generation Z person tore Maggie away from playing the what-if game. Mainly, what if she had worked it out with Angel? The customer waved a hundred and wanted four Abita Ambers. When she delivered the cold bottles, the man left her a ragged dollar. Shithead. After he disappeared, a familiar face took his place. Angel. Hey! Maggie blurted out, leaving her jaw hanging for a moment. She took Angel in like some amazing virtual reality headset had transported her back in time. Hey yourself, I was in the neighborhood. Angel projected over the music. My text had nothing to do with it? Maybe, Angel answered with a tilt of her head. It's great to see you. Yeah, she cleared her throat. It is. Great. You seem down. Angel presented a weak smile. Go on break. Let's talk at a normal volume like real adults. Maggie inspected the non-existent crowd. Can't right now, but we can talk here if you don't mind sharing my attention. Don't mind at all. Angel climbed onto a bar stool. Your hair is long, Maggie said, leaning in. I'm just lazy about going to the salon. I remember... I have no one to make my appointments. Maggie waited a beat through their silence. That text? It was the Merlot talking. You don't know the debate I had with myself about coming in here. Butterflies and everything. It was a rough day, and I needed a friendly face. I heard about that detective. You knew him, right? We were together when it happened. Oh, that's terrible. How about a drink? White Russian? Maggie almost reached for a glass. Nope. How about some of that Merlot? You have changed. She pushed wandering hair behind her ear before pouring Angel a glass and using a plastic cup for herself. So, I saw you on the news last night. They found that missing woman. And then that detective gets killed? So bizarre. It's been tough. Did the killer call the police again? The news is speculating. I can't talk about his calls. 
We do that so we can weed out false confessions. It's all the city's talking about. And I'm tit deep in it. Maggie's brow knitted. And now you're here. Gotta be somewhere. Laws of physics, she smiled. You could have texted back or even called. Maggie hesitated. Why are you here, Angel? To pick up dudes? See who wants to smash. Angel's humor could be so dry, Maggie sometimes believed it. I always thought your snark was a defense mechanism against your family. I followed that whole thing on the news. Yeah, that was the worst experience of my life. I can't imagine. Angel took a sip. Let's talk about something else. How's your husband? Wayne, right? He's good. Her eyes squinted. You didn't come to the wedding. I figured you disapproved. No one's ever going to be good enough for you. Maggie tested the wine. Stella loves Wayne. Her eyes widened. Stella, eh? I'm going to resist doing my Brando. Thank you. Just because I couldn't put myself through either of your weddings doesn't mean I'm not happy for you. That's good. Treat you like a queen? She genuinely laughed. I finally confessed that we lived together after I saw you on the news the other night. He knew you invited me to your wedding. Well, back then you were a fling, barely worth noting to him. But he didn't know how serious we were until yesterday. She swirled the wine. I thought he knew all about me. He's a little insecure. I think his parents did a number on him. I guess they died in a car crash in Baton Rouge when he was a teen. He never talks about them. They had some Twilight Zone kind of relationship. What do you know about his past? She shrugged. Not much. He's an introvert. He throws himself into work. He doesn't socialize with friends and has no family. It's just you? Just me. He goes out with work friends sometimes, she managed to smile. But he's not clingy at all. How's Hiroki and Pamela, by the way? Folks are doing well. Papa always asks me why we're not friends anymore. I like him. A tell-you-to-your-face kind of guy. Kind of like my dad. I hate how he disciplined you, but there are worse out there. I suppose. Maggie remembered the tears in Angel's eyes upon recounting the story of being raised in a crime family. Then, last year, Angel put the man that raised her in prison. I give Wayne a lot of slack when he gets moody or needs things a certain way. Sounds like a one-way street. Maggie searched the length of the bar. I got a customer. I'll be back. The synthetic dance music pounded at half power. Maggie took the opportunity to watch Angel from a distance. Had there been any bad times? She couldn't remember anymore. Angel stood out from the crowd, more than just being older. You had to work to be her friend, but her loyalty was concrete. Maggie returned, leaning over the bar to take a drink order from a regular that materialized right next to Angel. This place is so cliché. Angel said to Maggie. 
but loud enough for the would-be playa who was about to make his move. Hi, he started. No. Angel sharply scolded him like a puppy. I just wanted to... No. She chirped again. He frowned and backed away. Poor guy. Maggie rang up a drink, speaking over her shoulder. He does pretty well here. What does your jealous husband think of you working here, wearing what you're wearing? Maggie glanced at the word alpha stretching across her B-cups. He tolerates it, because I've always been a bartender, but I keep telling him it's temporary. It really is temporary. She wiped down an area of the bar that didn't need it. Is there someone special in your life? Just the blindfold killer, who uses gauze and not blindfolds, by the way. I blame the press for that name. Angel didn't blink. Just don't get yourself killed. If I recall, you told me I was going to die alone. Maggie's body warmed. Sorry, I so regret that. Angel spun her glass before looking up. Well, I'm sorry I said you sucked the happy out of a room. I deserved that white Russian in my face. She raised her eyebrows. This is the first time we've talked about it. We both just didn't know what we were looking for, and it wasn't each other. I was a bitch. Still am, really. Maggie swallowed a lump. We wanted to hurt each other. Youth and passion. We were each other's outlet. Well, that's a great way to put it. So what's holding you back from dating? Her eyes smiled, hopefully without pity. It just has to be right. I've had right. I know what it feels like. You want to see Amy? She pulled her cell from her back pocket. Angel flipped through the gallery rather quickly. Adorable. She handed the phone back. She really is. I'm sorry. Not in an adorable kid frame of mind. I get it. Amy likes Wayne? She nodded. Wayne's a great father. Uh-oh. She pointed, moving her finger from left to right. Your forehead ticker is contradicting that statement. Oh, that damn forehead ticker. She palmed her brow with a smile. I gotta wear a baseball cap or something. Your daughter looks like you. Maggie flushed. I can't flirt with you, Angel. This isn't flirting. This is us. Angel pressed at the bar with her index finger. Set up some tequila. I know they let you have a shot or two while you work. I need a good belt after today. I won't argue a shot if you chase it with some water. She turned to inspect a top-shelf bottle of Noblesa Azul Tequila Anejo. I've been curious about you, and now I don't have to wonder anymore. She poured two shots of quality tequila, bypassing the salt and lime. Those condiments were for amateurs, but no one ever ordered the good stuff. This would be a night for catching up with an old flame. There was nothing wrong with that. Maggie pulled into her driveway just before three in the morning with numb muscles from a full shift. She only worked four nights a week on average, but weekends were a must to help make the mortgage payment without going into Harry's death benefits. 
That was for Amy's college. Just prior to their meeting, Wayne had started as a print salesman with no clients. He took a small draw from on-point printing until he found his footing, and within months he had a couple of small clients and the commissions came in. Now he was coming into his own with a livable wage, so she wasn't worried. He explained that the courtship just to get the chance to print could be expensive with regular deliveries of cheese baskets and freshly baked bread to targeted companies. He'd leave a note with a printing sample, telling them to keep him in mind for their printing needs. And keeping clients was no picnic, attending Saints games, golf outings, and countless dinners. She stood outside her door and nimbly found the proper key. Coming home in the early morning hours from a Friday or Saturday shift wasn't a problem, as Wayne could sleep late if she woke him. But most nights, he was dead to the world. The front door shut behind her, and the locks turned over again. She glimpsed Wayne's profile sitting on the sofa in the muted living room. Every light was off, and the quiet gave her a chill. Motherly instinct forced her eyes to her daughter's room. She asked, Amy okay? His head turned, but only slightly. The streetlight invading from the window caught his cheek. Amy's fine. She put a lamp on dim, then planted a curious kiss on his stiff lips before sitting beside him. Why are you in the dark? Thinking. Maggie kicked off her shoes and rubbed her toes. Sounds serious. His head turned slightly. Did Angel text you back? Well, thanks to you, Angel came by the bar. Her husband stared forward. Thanks for not lying. I stopped by to apologize and saw you two laughing up a storm. So I just left. You didn't have to leave. She would have loved to meet you. Really? You need to get this fantasy of her out of your head and talk to her. We spent some time catching up. Or she was over you. She would have just texted back. She hasn't let you go. That's ridiculous. We have a history. You can't expect me to ignore her. Maggie threw her legs over Wayne's lap. He absently massaged her feet. Is it really history? You enjoyed catching up with her, even though it all ended so badly. His tone dripped with sarcasm. Maggie's fists clenched. I won't apologize for doing nothing wrong. She eased her butt into his lap. She kissed his cheek, leaning into his ear. Let's go to bed. It's weird. I think it's normal, she countered. If you ran into an old flame and caught up for an hour over coffee, I think nothing of it. Coffee? I know, coffee's our thing. Cocktails, a smoothie, whatever. I wouldn't think you were cheating. I taste tequila. Wayne tilted his head back to take her in. I drink with customers, same as you. He half laughed. If I was dead, would you go back to her? Ugh! Maggie let herself fall back to the sofa. Jesus, Wayne, no, all right? I don't love her. You sure? Once you get a taste for it. Her hands covered her face. 
Christ, your parents fuck you up that much? Shit. Wayne sprung up from the cushion and backhanded Maggie across the cheek. It happened so fast the strike didn't register. She fell into the sofa, feeling her face heat up. Even with the childhood punishments, no one had ever hit her. He stood like a statue with his hand over his mouth. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I don't know why. A mirage of her father appeared, standing beside the man that would dare lay a hand on his daughter, telling her to defend herself or she'd have to kneel on the rice. When her senses came back, she kicked her shin into Wayne's crotch, doubling him over. Maggie managed to stand while holding the side of her face, then retreated to the bedroom. Don't you dare come near me. You can sleep in a ditch for all I care. She heard another weak apology as the bedroom door eased shut so as not to wake Amy. None of their doors had locks since childproofing their home. She leaned against the jam, coming to grips with what had happened. What did happen? With her back flat against the door, she relived the hit and the evil in Wayne's contorted face. He hit me. In the bathroom mirror, her cheek turned red but had not yet swollen. No sounds came from outside the room. No one pounded on the door or was crying an apology. The front door didn't open or shut unless he did it very quietly. Was he still standing there in shock? Screw him. She didn't care how he felt. Maggie, he finally said at the door. Leave me alone. I'm sorry. She heard his footsteps grow distant. After a full minute of silence, she relaxed, yet started crying. Every attempt to stop the tears failed. Finally, she undressed in the ensuite. Her jeans peeled off as well as her shirt and underwear. Her shaking fingers turned on the shower, and she quietly stifled her sobs while it warmed up. Her skin felt oily. Her feet ached. Her back needed to stretch. Yet there was someone else to think about. What would happen if Amy pissed him off? That horrid thought made her physically shiver. Her heart beat so intensely she almost heard it. Should Amy sleep in the room with her? Would Wayne go in there and... No. She put her hand over her chest to suppress the thumping. Wayne lashed out, but he wouldn't hurt her daughter. Their daughter. She would see the signs in Amy's behavior. After the shower, Maggie let herself calm down while propped against the headboard, wondering for the first time since accepting his proposal if she had made a mistake. And there you have it. Don't forget to join me on Wednesday for Episode 4 of The Alpha by E.J. Fendorf. To check out more of my work, go to my website at kathycolas.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-C-O-L-A-S dot com. If you're an author looking to turn your book into an audiobook, email me at kathycolas at gmail.com. Let's talk.
And if you like the podcast, please leave a review or share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on Monday.